welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the Feast of St. Josephat. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Stir up in your church, we pray, the spirit that filled St. Josephat as he laid down his life for his sheep so that through his intercession we too may be strengthened by the same Spirit and not be afraid to lay down our life for others. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to Philemon. I am so delighted and comforted to know of your love. They tell me, brother, how you have put new heart into the saints. Now, although in Christ I can have no diffidence about telling you to do whatever is your duty, I am appealing to your love instead, reminding you that it is Paul writing, an old man now, and, what is more, still a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I am appealing to you for a child of mine, whose father I became while wearing these chains. I mean, Onesimus. He was of no use to you before, but he will be useful to you now, as he has been to me. I am sending him back to you, and with him, I could say, a part of my own self. I should have liked to keep him with me. He could have been a substitute for you, to help me while I am in the chains that the good news has brought me. However, I did not want to do anything without your consent. It would have been forcing your act of kindness, which should be spontaneous. I know you have been deprived of Onesimus for a time, but it was only so that you could have him back forever, not as a slave anymore, but something much better than a slave, a dear brother, especially dear to me. But how much more to you, as a blood brother, as well as a brother in the Lord? So, if all that we have in common means anything to you, welcome him as you would me. But, if he has wronged you in any way, or owes you anything, then let me pay for it. I am writing this in my own handwriting. I, Paul, shall pay it back. I will not add any mention of your own debt to me, which is yourself. Well then, brother, I am counting on you. In the Lord, put new heart into me in Christ. The Word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Blessed are they whose help is the God of Jacob. Blessed are they whose help is the God of Jacob. It is the Lord who keeps faith forever, who is just to those who are oppressed. It is he who gives bread to the hungry, the Lord who sets prisoners free. Blessed are they whose help is the God of Jacob. It is the Lord who gives sight to the blind, who raises up those who are bowed down. It is the Lord who loves the just, the Lord who protects the stranger. Blessed are they whose help is the God of Jacob. The Lord upholds the widow and orphan, but thwarts the path of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever, Zion's God from age to age. Blessed are they whose help is the God of Jacob. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the vine, and you are the branches, says the Lord. Those who live in me, and I in them, will bear much fruit. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was to come, Jesus gave them this answer. The coming of the kingdom of God does not admit of observation, and there will be no one to say, look here, look there. For you must know, the kingdom of God is among you. He said to the disciples, A time will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man and will not see it. They will say to you, look there or look here. Make no move. Do not set off in pursuit. For as the lightning flashing from one part of heaven lights up the other, so will be the Son of Man when his day comes. But first, he must suffer grievously and be rejected by this generation. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so the first reading we have today is actually really quite warm and tender-hearted. It's from the letter of St. Paul to Philemon. Um, And it's a short, short letter. It's not often read. And I think that's a bit of a shame because it, it really is a beautiful little text. So Paul's in prison in Rome, and he's come to know a runaway slave by the name of Onesimus. Now, Onesimus becomes a Christian because of Paul's preaching, uh, and he accepts baptism. And it seems as though, you know, he becomes a very close friend of Paul's, a good helper and a great comfort to him. In fact, we hear in the reading that uh, St. Paul refers to Onesimus as a child of his. It's quite a lovely and tender-hearted reference, um, you know, in much the same way, I suppose, that we call priests father because, you know, they're the ones who bring spiritual life to their spiritual children. Well, St. Paul, having baptized Onesimus, having given him the gospel of life, uh, now looks upon Onesimus as his child. Now, it seems that Paul considers asking Onesimus to stay in Rome to help and serve him. But he thinks better of it and instead decides to ask his slave owner to take him back. And his owner, of course, is Philemon. Philemon is a Christian in Colossae, uh, you know, from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. So Paul is writing to Philemon as Onesimus' slave owner 
in order to ask Philemon to receive Onesimus back, but with one important difference. Do not treat Onesimus as your slave. Your fellow Christians treat him as your brother. Now, the punishment for runaway slaves was death. You know, you can't just have slaves running around willy-nilly. No, 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 they're going to be punished. But Paul instead, you know, is not only saying, oh, look, don't punish Anasimus, you know, for having run away. He now says, treat him like a brother. Onesimus has changed from the inside. And because of his baptism, the relationship between Onesimus and Philemon, that has also fundamentally changed. Paul writes to Philemon, I know you've been deprived of Onesimus for a time, but it was only so that you could have him back forever. Not as a slave anymore, but as something much better than a slave, a dear brother. Especially dear to me. But how much more to you as a blood brother as well as a brother in the Lord? St. Paul now is asking Philemon to receive Onesimus not simply as a Christian brother, but also as a fellow member of his household, a blood brother. Now, I think all this talk about slaves and owning people um, makes us super uncomfortable. And you know what? Fair enough. I mean, thank God our sensibilities have changed. Um, But I suppose to sort of try and place ourselves back in the time of St. Paul and Philemon and Onesimus, um, we can try and start to feel the weight of what it is that St. Paul is asking Philemon to do. Don't just forgive Onesimus. Don't just, you know, sort of say, oh, well, okay, fine. We won't impose the punishment that is actually your due. No, instead, it's actually quite the opposite. Not only is it, oh, you should forgive Onesimus. It's like, no, you need to receive him in a whole new way because he is entirely different. Now, we would, of course, say that the very concept of owning another person would be just abhorrent. And, you know, indeed it is because, you know, we rightly point to the dignity of the human person, the dignity of each person created in the image and likeness of God. And that having that dignity means that we cannot be the object of someone else's possession. And, and that's all true. Of course it is. But the challenge that St. Paul is throwing out there is not simply that Philemon should recognize the dignity of Onesimus as a human person, but that he should recognize the transformation that God has accomplished within Onesimus in the fact of having been baptized. Paul says, Onesimus has become a son of mine and I have become his father while wearing these chains. Because obviously Onesimus received the new life of baptism from St. Paul's hands. So just as the relationship between Paul and Onesimus has changed fundamentally because of the sacrament of baptism, so too the fundamental relationship between Onesimus and Philemon is no longer master-slave, but brothers. If you want to both call God Father, you've got to be brothers. If you're both baptized at the hands of Paul, and he is the instrument by which you have received God's divine life, then you must be brothers. I think this might be one of Paul's letters where you most see his kind of personality peek through. 
He says of Anasimos, um, he was of no use to you before, but he will be useful to you now as he has been to me. Um, now, it sounds fairly innocuous until you realize that the name Onesimus means useful. <laughs> as an escaped slave, he was no use to you before, but he will be useful to you now as he has been to me. Onesimus, he will be Onesimus to you. He will be useful to you because he was Onesimus to me. He was useful to me. And Paul makes a rather cheeky little observation, I think. He says, He could have been a substitute for you to help me while I'm in the chains that the good news has brought me. Now, it's cheeky because Paul is inviting Philemon to consider Onesimus as another you. Because Paul's going, well, I thought Onesimus would make a great substitute for you because... You know, he seems to be made of the same stuff as Philemon. And so Philemon is being invited by Paul to find in Onesimus another me. But then Paul also goes on to tell Philemon that he needs to treat Onesimus not only as Philemon would treat himself, but also how Philemon would consider Paul. He says, so... If all that we have in common means anything to you, welcome him as you would welcome me. So Paul here is really the great leveler, right? (laughs) He's saying you need to look at Onesimus as another you, and you need to look to Onesimus as another me. And here's the last great little line. But if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, then let me pay for it. It's a great moment when Paul says, ah, put it on my tab. Because, you know, sure, it is terrible for us to think about, but um, Philemon has actually incurred a financial loss because Onesimus, he ran away. All the work that Onesimus could have done has now been foregone. And I reckon for Paul, this is a nice little tricky tactic. When Paul says, you know, let me pick up the bill, Do you get the sense that Philemon would, in fact, do that? You know, I'll send you a bill for the work that Philemon should have done when when he'd actually been on the run. But no, Paul employs that tactic again. It's like, well, if you'd be prepared to forgive me that debt, then why wouldn't you be prepared to give Onesimus that same gift? So Paul says, right, Onesimus, he's like you. Onesimus, he's like me. And that now needs to shape the relationship that exists between them both. Now, if you remember, Paul writes to the Galatians that all baptized in Christ, you have all clothed yourselves in Christ. And there are no more distinctions between Jew and Greek, slave and free, male and female. But all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Those categories of advantage are blown up. It was better to be a Jew than a Gentile, according to God's promise. It was better to be free than a slave. It was better to be male than female, um, in those times at least. But in Christ, we are all made one. The sacrament of baptism has brought us all together in Christ, in one. But I think Paul here reminds us that while God changes us interiorly, it needs to shape the way that we behave. The unity that God has established between us is something that we need to live out. 
It needs to be expressed in the way in which we love one another. So maybe keep Onesimus and Philemon in your mind when you find someone sitting in your pew at Mass on Sunday. Maybe keep them in mind when kids are making a bit of noise during Mass. Maybe keep them in mind when there are new people that come to your parish and you think that they're strangers, but discover in fact that they are your brothers and sisters. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will, and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.